All right, welcome back. It is the Omni Talk Fast Five, and we are live on Black Friday from the Mall of America, coming to you from the Starbucks on the third floor of the food hall. This is yeah. like a step up from last year. Last year we were in the food court. Now we are in the food hall. Yeah, the la- new food hall. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, last year we were by, by like Long John Silver's. Do you remember that? I remember that. I have to drop that because you can't use Long John Silver's all of the time. That just doesn't happen very often. Sure. Fair. Fair enough. I'm pumped though. What time do we get here? Too well, early. Too early. Especially, Ann didn't want to get here until like 9 o'clock today. And here we are, you know, recording at, you know, what is probably almost 9. That's right. Yeah, we've been here a couple but, hours. But we've been here a few hours. Yeah. I've been here since about 6.30. We all met up. Yep. Got to walk a couple of the levels, which was super fun. Yep. 7 a.m. start, Dunkin' Donuts. Shout out again. Someday a sponsor. Yeah, Someday. So Someday. many, so many things. We can only dream. Um, well, what have you guys thought so far? It's. I think it's been. I. I. I was pretty shocked at just how off the hook the traffic was. Like it seemed busier to me than last year. I don't know that for a verified fact, but there well, seems like there's a lot Walton more people Spidey here. Your Walton Spidey sense is determining that there's more people here than last yes, year. Yes, my Wal- Walton traffic counter thought there was a lot more people here. I. So I got here at six thirty. It was easy for me to park, but I think you know talking to the people we know here, talking to really the general trends that we've seen in past Black Fridays. You see a early push that doesn't necessarily fill the entire mall, but as it's gotten later or more of a normal time, I feel it's gotten incredibly busier. Um, and I think just looking around and understanding really kind of, you know, the demographic that's here, it's, it's just been fascinating to watch. I think so too. I can't wait to get to it. So let's let's run through it. I want let, We're going to do a different version. We're not going to do any headlines. We're just going to do Chris, Ann, and Carter's main takeaways from Love Black it. Friday 2019. Right? 19, it's early at the Mall of America. But first... A word from our sponsor. Thanks, Ann, as you always set me up for that, so I never forget. All right. Of course, our sponsor is Trigo. And we were just where, Ann? At Trigo. In where? Tel Aviv. That's right. Welcome back, guys. Still alive. I don't know what time zone I'm even in. All right, but Trigo helps grocers unlock the true beauty of brick-and-mortar retailing by designing magical checkout-free experiences using computer vision and AI. Together with Tesco, Trigo is now building the largest checkout free store ever built. It was pretty cool. We actually got to see a model of the of the basically the grocery experience yeah. in their in their headquarters in in Tel Aviv this week. Yeah, it's incredible. We got to talk to their chief technology officer and really learn. I mean, the deep ins and outs of what computer vision is. Yeah, how it and works. Like. I mean, there's so much that goes into it to make such a frictionless experience. So it was really cool to hear that. And the OmniTalk listeners will have access to that coming up. So. Yeah, we've got that video coming soon, yep. video and podcast coming soon. Yep. So stay tuned for that. We can tell you all about our trip as the weeks unfold. But let's get to it. Black Friday. Carter, let's start with you. Man in the middle. Yeah, right. So I, I got here a couple minutes take? before you guys just to kind of get you know a jump start on some of the stores. And I came in the west side of the mall, which is kind of my go-to parking spot. Um, and I instantly felt old. I felt incredibly old. And I don't know if it was... You felt old. I felt old. I think I, based on, you know, my cross-section of observation, I think the average age here at that, at that morning was like 16 years old. So it was Which is like, crazy. It was insane. And, and maybe it was because we came in by the new Lululemon store. Maybe yeah. it was just the fact that that were the stores I was walking by. But it was like a Gen Z paradise in here. It was absolutely incredible. And they had bags. That was the other thing. They were buying things. They were spending money. They were here with friends. And it was it was a sight to be seen. Now, as the hours have gone on, I've realized that 
the demographic, I believe, has gotten a little older as the time sure. has gotten a little bit more normal. Yeah. Um, so I think there's a couple factors that maybe play into the younger push early in the morning. Uh, maybe not backed by research, but the fact they're probably <laughs> right. really sick of being with their family and Fair. they're looking for an opportunity to get out of that house as soon as possible. I think is, is probably one of the reasons that you're seeing that. I also think it's a testament to some of the brands we saw that were really just crushing it. Yeah, um, where were all these Gen Sears? Yeah. I mean, the new Lululemon store here, as you guys know, it was I'm a huge fan of. Yeah. We did hate a little bit on it last week on our podcast. No, not we. Yeah. Not we. Sorry. <laughs> I still have my doubts about the $25 class, but the success of the brand is nothing to shake a, you know, nothing to uh, shake a stick at. Shake a stick at. Yeah, I guess the best That's word. a really old person's analogy. Right. Right. I'm getting older by the man. Hanging around with us too much. No, but the thing is, is like the store was absolutely packed. It was crushed. And it was yeah. packed with this, you know, Gen Z demographic, the new consumer of today. They were buying things, and it, it, I think it's like what 20, 25,000 square feet of retail that they have now here at the Mall yep. of America. And we have pictures. I'm sure we'll post. It is beautiful. And the place was just packed to the gills. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I know in years past, too, they've had uh, issues with, uh, you know, ultimately the capacity of the store. Right. And I think they've eliminated that. Thankfully, there's not a line outside with security no. guards doing clickers. Um, but, I mean, it is just like the energy in that store is absolutely incredible. And I think yeah. that $25 or not, maybe the locker rooms and yoga studios are just the best prop in the world. And if you're generating that amount of sales because of that prop, who cares how much the class costs? That's right. I mean, yeah, I couldn't believe it was 20,000 square feet. That's huge. I mean, yeah. It's massive. And it was packed to the gills. You're right. No lines out the door. But that was kind of one of my takeaways was they were packed, but so was Fabletics. Yeah. So was Athleta. Yeah. Like if you were in that game in that trend you were doing well except for like nike and under armor those places were dead which granted they aren't just the athleisure draw but i i was really surprised to not see the amount of traffic in those stores i guess as as you do in all the other athleisure stores. yeah why do you think that is i mean i kind of i can't under armor i wasn't necessarily surprised because i feel like under armor has been over assorted in their store over this last season i feel like their brand's kind of taking a hit recently they're not as trendy as cool as they used to be Nike, Nike, I was a little surprised to see, but what, what's your take there? Why do you well, think that is? I think one of the other takeaways here is that those brands aren't exclusive to this store either. So if you did your shopping, your research for Black Friday, and you see what Kohl's is selling a pair of Nikes for or what Foot Locker is selling a pair of Nikes are, what their Black Friday deals are, and you're coming to the flagship store of All America and they're not offering much of a discount at all, it's more about just the flagship experience, I guess, you know, you make your decisions there. Whereas a Lululemon and Athleta, you're not able to get that in any other store. You have to come to those stores to get that product or shop online. Yeah, that's true. I also think Nike is just, for Nike especially, like we've talked about this a few weeks ago, like just a great online experience. Like I've been on the Nike app like yeah. 16 times in the last four days. No, no I'm serious because they had a huge sale yesterday. Yeah. They were 25% they were off anything on sale via their app. So they're, you know, in some ways they're saying, hey, come shop online. We don't even care if you come in store. We were just talking about that on the way, Carter. I don't know what you think, but it seems like the the Black Friday, like, frenzy just started so much earlier this year. And so, I mean, I was a little bit surprised to see the amount of traffic here, I guess, given how much uh, was available, like, starting first week of November. Yeah, I, I, I think there's two sides of this, right? There's... There's the up or there's like the deals and the discounts, and I think we've we've seen other retailers like Best Buy and those types of players uh, offer their Black Friday deals uh, a month ago. Yeah. Uh, but then there's also this the experience of Black Friday, and I think over the last year or two, we're seeing that experience be a little bit more defined. Yeah, you still have the retailers who are kind of 
morphing into that Wednesday shopping, that Thursday shopping. But I think, you know, Mall of America was closed yesterday and that how hasn't, hasn't always been the case. And they opened today at 5 a.m. It wasn't any of this crazy midnight or, you know, you know, middle of the night type of thing. I think you're looking at Black Friday still a really, really important thing or for retailers, but it's more defined. The experience yeah. is, is more defined. And I think you're putting That's more energy into a more definite basket, which I think is amplifying the success of it. It's sure. no longer this Oh, like, well, Black Friday is just a waste. We could go on Wednesday, we could go on Friday. Yeah. Now, obviously, the deals are different, but I'm talking about the experience of being here. And I think, ultimately, that's what's driving a lot of this younger demographic. Is, yeah. You know, they're not going to the Kmart that opened on Wednesday night. Right. You know, they're coming no. here to go to the new Lululemon store on a Friday morning because this is the day to come here. Yeah. And that's what the Mall of America does so, so well, too. Totally. I mean, they just really hit that out of the park. Some interesting stats. So I want to share this with the listeners. So we're going to do this cool thing over the next few weeks for the holiday. Partnering with Market Beyond, who's been a sponsor of ours before, and we're going to do a cool thing with them where we're calling it Who Won the Week? And it's a battle between Amazon and Walmart in e-commerce. And every week we're going to present a report out together that shows who's winning in what categories and what items across the board. So I'm going to send this out later today, a cool infographic, but some really interesting stats just on the first week leading up to Black Friday week. So this was November 18th to November 24th. Crazy statistics here. E-commerce from Amazon, roughly 1.6 billion US dollars. Wow. Walmart, $219 million, right? Big stark difference. Not surprising necessarily, but basically what we're gonna do, we're gonna look at 15 categories across these weeks. This is the week we're gonna set the baseline, we're gonna keep track of it. The only category, this was fascinating. Carter, I know you have some points on this too. The only category that Walmart beat Amazon in during that week, television sets. Oh, obviously. Why obviously? It wasn't obvious to me until I talked to Carter. Why? Because that's what people go to buy like at a Walmart. They're, they are physically going to Walmart store to take that TV home and bring it home, see it, make sure that they can, like, it's exactly, it looks exactly how they want it. I mean, TV is a purchase that you want some confidence in, I think, before buying it. Most people do. So you're saying it still doesn't work as well online. Right. That was your thought, right, Yeah, the purchase, oh, there's a couple of factors. Purchase confidence is one of it. I think it is still a pretty large purchase for most families. They want to see it. They understand the difference in picture quality, and so they want to actually go witness it. I think they're also looking for a good deal, and yeah. I think they believe that Walmart does actually have that discount or that deal that they're looking for. I think there's also the shipping aspect of it. It's really hard to ship. And even right. if Amazon has the logistics figured out, having that thing set on your doorstep and having the unknowns around that major purchase being, you know, in limbo somewhere, yeah. I think is a, is a little uneasy. Yeah, that's think, like a placard for take me off oh, my porch. Totally. Yeah, right? and I also think yeah. too, like when you're ready to buy a TV, when you finally given yourself the permission to pull the trigger, you're like, I'm getting that today. Like I'm not planning to buy that on Wednesday night and like, oh, it'll be here this weekend and we'll set it up casually. Yeah. I think you're like ready to go. And I think that's that's another reason is you're gonna get it instantly. Yeah. It's fast. It's just still surprised the hell out of me, especially when you see that's the true. numbers in total, then you go to one category and they're actually still winning. But fascinating. All right, what other takeaways did you have? Here's the one thing I thought was really interesting was the rest of specialty retail, I would just have to say though, in general, if you weren't playing on the on the athleisure trend, it was dead. Like some cool brands that are new to them all too, like uh, the new Canadian, the other Canadian brand, Aritzia, if I'm saying that right, mm -hmm. dead. Banana Republic, dead. Gap, dead as a doornail, despite oh, incredible so sales. There is one. Gap associate at the front, just like, please, 60% off, please buy something. Buy anything. Anything. Uh, why do you think that is? I mean, what? It's just, it's just not relevant anymore. It's easier to get someplace else. We can do it online. I just think there, are, and I mean, this might be a. It's not differentiating. Thing. I just think there are brands who are resonating with 
the emerging consumer of today, and there yeah. are others who've just stayed complacent and tried to lean on the laurels that they've had for the last 20 years. And I think that you see some of these uh, yeah. up-and-coming brands who are making very deliberate efforts, maybe not traditional efforts, but very deliberate efforts to define themselves as the brand of today. And consumers, especially the younger demographics, are looking for brands that can represent them in a way that is legitimate. Do you know what felt like that the most? <laughs> what? Macy's. Oh, man. Well, you guys, the thing about it is that they're not, your point's dead on, Carter. They're not doing anything different. Shopping at The Gap or at Macy's today and 10 years ago is there is zero difference in that no. shopping experience. But you look at places that we went like Canada Goose and other places like Lululemon who are doing things in their stores to activate some other activities besides just the standard pick up your product, go right. try it on, then wait in line for an hour and a half to here's, buy here's it. The thing I, yeah, go, yeah, here's go. the thing that I always like to, to you know, the, the rubric of this is think of your 17, 18, 19 year old self. What stores would you feel excited to have your friends see you in? Well, they don't have Contempo Casuals anymore, well, so there's say, not many. I mean, think about sitting in the Lululemon Cafe. Like, that seems like a pretty awesome That's place hot. to run into your friends at. Well, we're out. sitting in the back room of Gap, looking at blanks, you know, whatever. You're not really, like, I mean, For I know that seems like a ways away from the real problem, but, like, oh. think about what brands are defining aspirational right. self For sure. For sure. No, like, let me <laughs> tell you, I was that. trying to go for shizzle, but I couldn't get it up. No, but I was, because I, you made me think of something, and then you just put it on there. This is awesome. Like, what else was really different about the Lululemon experience today? The fitting room was right freaking in the middle of the whole experience. So you could see everybody's name on the door. You're supposed to look in there. You're supposed to see who's trying what on. Yeah, you want to see, you want to know people might, that you know might see you trying on that pair of sweatpants, right. those pair of, what are the shorts, the pacer shorts, the you know, whatever butt. it is. Yeah, they yeah. Might, you want to see people, yeah, yeah, for sure. My arm sleeve tattoos hanging out, and I'm ready to go, you know? That's tribal, what it is. Tribal tat. But That's you think right. about it, you're right, though. I never thought about that. Like, think of how things were designed in the past. Fitting rooms are in the back. You don't, yeah. it's hard to see anybody in there. Shit, you can't even get help in there, right? Yeah. Like, it's just how it works, so. That's oh, a really good point. What was your biggest, let's finish on this. What was your biggest surprise today? What was the thing that you walked in here, and you're like, wow, I didn't expect that. To see that, I didn't expect that to be as cool as I thought it would be, or man, that really sucked. For, well, from a macro standpoint, I think my demogra the demographic thing wasn't necessarily a surprise, but until you're actually here seeing it, you don't realize how, not overwhelming, but like, it, it is a young crew here. Mm -hmm. um, I would also say from a more tactical perspective, the Canada Goose Cold Room, I thought was a little... Oh, you stole mine. Sorry. No, it's okay. I'll, I'll let it be. No, go for it. I kind of been labeled as a little bit of a gimmick, a little bit of a yeah. Yeah. headline. But like the, the try on experience in a cold room, like change everything. Like yeah. you don't realize how freaking cold it is outside here in Minnesota. And you can't put those two to two together. You can try it on in the middle of like a 75 degree store. Right. And you're like, oh, it, it feels warm. Until you actually feel how crappy it is outside and you turn on the wind in that room, you're like, oh yeah, it sucks here. And this yeah. jacket helps a ton. Like I think that had a much bigger effect on the experience I had with that jacket. And one wanted me, or it made me want to buy a twelve hundred dollars jacket. Yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah. So sorry, Chris, I stole your. No, that's fine. I'll touch on it a little bit. But yeah, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I would say that, and you can. I was not expecting Lululemon to be as insane as it was. I mean, again, we, they saw this last year. No Black Friday deals. Just. I mean, you couldn't walk yeah. in there. It was absolutely insane. There were so many people, not in the experiential part of it, but just like the, 
the straight on, like, I just want to get my, you know, $79 discounted Lululemon pants that are on the sale rack and get out. Like, that was beyond what I had expected. Here's the thing, and I think we talked about this when we were walking around. You see two different types of stores right now, right? Like, you see the stores who are trying to give things away to get people in. And some of them are successful. I would say, like, you discount things as much as you possibly can, and that's the lure. Then you see the, you know, just the, the other stores who are just leaning on their brand saying, we don't give anything away. Like, welcome to the party. If you want to come in, you're more than welcome. Like, doesn't matter. I mean, and we saw that with Apple. Like, I mean, yeah. and I, I yeah. know that's a stereotypical one, but talk about, like, the OG of brand. Like, yeah. there was a line out the door for Apple, and Apple didn't even open when the mall opened. That's my favorite yeah. thing about Apple. Yeah. They kind of yeah. put a big male finger to, uh, you know, the stores were like, I don't know, we open at 8 every day. So yeah. if you guys want to be here at 8, we'll see you then. Yeah. Um, and there was a line down the hallway for them. And there's no deals in there. Yeah. They're, they're there to see the new store. They're there to see the employees inside. They're there to see the brand and yeah. be seen in the brands. Charge up, get their new batteries so they can take more yeah. photos of themselves inside Lululemon and Canada Goose. No, it's a good point, though. I mean, I think it shows you that even as you're running these brands, you've got to be really thoughtful about the long term, too. Because I can remember being at the Gap when it was a big deal when they put the first for sale sign in the window. And now look at it. You're at 60% off. Yeah. At that point, you lost the value of the brand and said, yep. now you can get it at a discount. And so you've got to hold on to that as long as humanly possible. And the short quarter results, short term quarter results, short term year, the results don't matter. You've got to hold on to that as much as possible and really be able to see you know, decades down the line for as much as you can. Now, here's like a larger question we can cover. Maybe this is a, a theme that we'll continue to cover throughout this next year, but like how are modern brands defining themselves in today's world, right? You look at the big guns like Nike and Apple and they've spent millions and millions and millions of dollars crafting that brand and they've continued to do that over, you know, 10 plus years, which is a testament itself, the fact that it's not expiring. But you now look at brands like Lululemon or some of the new and upcoming brands, even like throw Glossy in there, like, how are modern brands today defining themselves? And there are, I believe there are ways to do it without spending tens of millions of dollars on traditional media tactics. Mm -hmm. And the question is, is like, what is that recipe? And I think it's different for everyone. Well, that that is why, I'll come back to it. We talked about a little bit. That was why the Canada Goose thing actually really blew me away because I thought it was going to be super gimmicky. I thought it was going to be really ridiculous. But keep in mind, it's 29 degrees outside. Okay, I walk in from the parking lot, I come inside, I try on the jacket. First, it's incredibly comfortable. Like I made the joke when I was with you guys that it felt like I was in my mother's womb again. That was how comfortable it was. It was very graphic. He wanted it, to get that joke in again it so was that we could so all feel comfortable, so uncomfortable. And it was a good joke. But then we go into this thing and it's like negative like 10 degrees Celsius in there or whatever it is. So cool. And, and like yeah. I'm not even cold. And yeah. now I like want that jacket. I'm never going to get it because it's too expensive. But like. I want that jacket, and that is what retail is supposed to do, and they did it. Well, let's make then the parallel of the Lululemon store. Like ultimately, at the end of the day, what ends up happening is is that um, you 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 get this brand halo, and you it, it goes back to like actually experiencing what's happening there. So, like the Lululemon store. It's got the cafe and it's got the yoga studio. It's got a way to experience the brand in a way that you wouldn't in a normal like retail location, yeah. right? It's got a way to actually live it in the moment. It's because they're motivated to goose. And that's why, once again, we go back to the price of yoga yeah. and we say, well, I guess, like, I still believe $25 is too much, but there's a reason that they have locker rooms and a yoga studio and that beautiful cafe right. because you are actually experiencing the brand beyond, in a way that you can't do in normal you know, racks on the floor. And they're, well, with the Lululemon example, they've taken a high-end local coffee shop and that's how they're using, like they're using that, I think, as a draw to get people 
locally tied into the brand. So it's not just this massive gap that's the same gap in every single mall across the country. This Lululemon has been specially curated for your neighborhood with your like perfect yeah, coffee shop, in there your ambassadors locally teaching the classes. Like they're in, entrenching themselves in the communities where their stores but, are going. But then that, that goes back, and I don't want to get on this tangent again. But why are we still charging for it? Like if it like. You know, I would say that you know those people are there so that I want to like because I want to hey, buy. You can more. always take the price down later, but no, you I can always take the price down there. But, know, but I want to buy more things from them because of the ambassadors that are there, because of the cool factor that I I, I get from those types of people, from the studio in the back, yeah. from the people that you see in the store. Like you want to buy more from them, so like why would you put a anyways? Yeah, you gotta Carter, make money. Carter's definitely going on. Yeah, we'll have to yeah. watch as this time goes on, but we're we're gonna spend more time there. Anything, just in closing, anything that underwhelmed you? Any experience? Well, we did go to the beta store. Yeah, what'd you think of that? And that I w the store layout was really cool, but some of the products in there were a little... Um, like, one thing that I was looking at was, like, this wood engraver thing that was next to a set of makeup brushes, and it was just curious to me who's coming in to buy or even test a $3,000, $4,000 wood engraver that is going to buy in that setting. So I might just be not in the market for that, <laughs> but um, I, like just to understand like what is this thing that's $4,000 and like read through all the displays and it wasn't until one of the associates came up and had to explain to me for five minutes what the hell this thing was and then we still didn't really both know what was going yeah, on. Yeah, that was mine too. I was pretty underwhelmed by that. I thought, you know, it looks nice, but I just, it didn't, it, like, unlike the Canada Goose, it didn't compel me to have interest in any of the product. It just, I didn't understand why the products were going together. Like, there was knives next to next to beauty products. Like, it just, it didn't flow well. Like, it didn't make sense to me, and I, I don't know. It was cool to see it in the Mall of America. Those guys opened Toys R Us this week, too. Cool. Kudos to them for being the platform for that. Well, that but, yeah, was, it just yeah. was really underwhelming for me, too. I think the Toys R Us thing makes a little bit more sense. It's all one category in that space, That's too. a good point. Yeah, you know, you're like, keeping it category pure. Right. Yeah. I think you're seeing a couple things. Like, we went into the Monorito Collective. You look at four posts. You look at those types of things. You have brands that are on the face of other brands, right? I think we've had this example from Monorito Collective of how great would this experience be if third love was on the front of that store? If it was yeah. just third love. And I think, you know, it goes back to this idea of ultimately, like, figuring out how important is brand, like, with this whole thing. Like, how important is that brand to the experience and to wanting to be seen there? Now, with Monorito Collective, I think, you know, we've analyzed that a lot. And I think people just walk by and they're confused. They don't know yeah. what it is. They yeah. don't know why it's there. They don't know what's inside. And that leaves this level of tension where it's like, that's kind of scary. I don't want to go in there. I don't know what, what is in ahead of me. And I think it just continues to show the power of brands, specifically in an atmosphere like this. Yeah, yeah, that's a really good point. Let's close on that because you're right. If you're trying to develop the story of the future and you have absolutely no point of view on Black Friday, when you actually were probably the least traffic store in the mall, when I, we walk in and what's the first question we get asked? Are you a consultant? Yeah. And she says to me, 70% of the people we see in here are consultants. That means you haven't hit the mark. I hate to say it, but you just haven't hit the mark. Like, no People one's coming to you. The data. Yeah, like, what have you actually done in this space? So, great way to close it up. All right, awesome. But anyway, fun, tons of excitement, ton of energy here. The pictures, people are waiting in line at 4.30 in the morning. Like I said, it's below zero. It's noon yesterday. It's below freezing out here. Yeah, it's crazy. We got some cool videos up on social media. Be sure to check those out. Like I said before. Cool things coming from Market Beyond over the next couple weeks. Be sure to follow us, follow them on social media so you can get all of that. 
Thanks to our sponsor, Trigo. Thanks for showing us so much hospitality in Israel the past yeah. few days. And for Carter, for Ann, and on behalf of myself, be careful out there.